You're listening to the Body Literacy Podcast, your connection to the art and science of feeling really good body, mind, and spirit. I'm your host and holistic health coach, Jen Mayo. If you've never experienced truth and freedom inside your body, an amazing adventure is about to begin. Healing happens in community. Body literacy is your tribe. Join me in discovering the keys to fearlessly unlocking your body's innate intelligence and resilience. Turn on to the wisdom of your body as we connect your wellness dots by exploring whole person healing from neuroscience and nutrition to sexual health and sleep. Join the wellness revolution and start speaking your body's language. Before we get started, I wanted to introduce you to the most profound and impactful piece of health technology I've encountered in three decades of navigating my own health challenges. LifeWave is a wearable health technology that uses your own light energy to optimize your health. If you've followed the Body Literacy Podcast for any period of time, you likely already know that I'm a bit of a walking science experiment. I have a passion for exploring how time-honored ancient healing arts can be coupled with modern science and technology to optimize our health, wellness, and vitality, and how we can empower ourselves with the knowledge and optimization of our own onboard wisdom and healing potential rather than viewing the human body as a problem to be solved. LifeWave's phototherapy patches use light to stimulate the body's natural healing systems. By applying LifeWave's non-transdermal patches to specific points on the body similar to acupressure, where the patch covers the skin, infrared light emitted from the body is reflected back into the tissue, stimulating specific regions of the brain and tapping into the body's own flow of energy and the ability to heal itself. LifeWave patches are not intended to treat any specific condition or disease, but rather support the body's own innate healing mechanisms. When we take a holistic approach to health and consider there is really only one state of dis-ease in the body imbalance, rather than the 32,000 diseases defined by conventional medicine, rebalancing the body and supporting our own built-in capacity to heal becomes a journey of ease rather than a frustrating and disempowering struggle to control dis-ease. Energy medicine operates by a different set of rules than material medicine. I talk about experience-based medicine a lot, and LifeWave is simply a therapy you have to take for a test drive to feel the benefits for yourself. To learn more or try them out, just visit genmayo.com LifeWave. On this episode of the Body Literacy Podcast, I continue my conversation with holistic dentist Dr. Kelly J. Blodgett as we explore the oral roots of disease and how to employ non-toxic dental practices to prevent and reverse disease. If you didn't catch my first episode with Dr. Blodgett, be sure to catch up first and then join us back here for part two. You know, maybe some people don't realize there's basically a 20-year lead time between when something new kind of comes to the forefront of medicine and when it actually gets adopted by the mainstream. Um, And I think so many of these sort of biohacking things that we're seeing come online right now, the innovators like yourself, who are kind of earlier adopters of, you know, trying new things, especially if they're things that don't have the potential to do any harm, you know, that maybe they don't do anything, but, you know, if there's a chance that they are helpful, you know, what's the harm in, in trying it and seeing what happens. But, you know, it, it, there is that gap in time where a lot of, you know, physicians are just kind of going with the status quo and not leaning into that curiosity that I think most medical school students and dental school students go into the profession (laughs) with, but it kind of gets, um, you know, beaten out of them, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a tricky thing to be out on the fringe, shall we say, or the the leading edge of where the where the practice of healthcare hopefully is going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, like what what's the alternative? You know, what mm-hmm. once you understand that what we're doing has such a massive impact on people's lives, once you know better, most people do better. So, you know, I've been fortunate to have some of the most amazing mentors in my life and who've taught me so much and you just can't go back. You know, I mean, once you understand more, it's like, well, how do I grow from here and how do I continue learning and how do I share, Mm -hmm. which thank you for the opportunity, by the way, to to be here and, and, and share what we're talking about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's the old adage, you don't know what you don't know until you do know. Yeah. Uh, and then you can't unknow. And I think, you know, back to that concept of experience-based medicine rather than just evidence-based medicine on its own. I think there is this, once you've experienced the truth in your own body, you know, so many of us in the holistic health space, once we've had that experience, it's like, you just want to share it with everybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of rounding back to the root canals because we got a little bit off guard there, but is it possible to say, you know, once dentist or endodontist has cleaned out the root of a tooth, is there a way to actually sterilize it? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Well, it would depend on how you're defining sterilizing. Okay. So the studies that people look at would be, you know, they go into a tooth, they do whatever they're doing to clean it out. You know, every year something new comes out uh, and, and they'll then take an absorbent sterile point into that canal system and test, you know, like they'll soak up whatever, like, let's say they put in some sterile uh, water and then let it sit, and then soak it up. Now, depending on how you treat that tooth, you're going to get varying results. At the time, so let's say it is sterile. Let's just argue. It's as sterile as as you you could ever have it inside the tooth, and then you seal it with your gutta-percha cone and your, you know, whatever sealer you're using. So that two millimeter wide or one millimeter wide canal is now filled, and just right around it, it was sterile. Now think about how the two to three millimeter thick wall of dentin that is holding onto that little bitty filling thing inside the tooth is entirely porous like a sponge. And from the edge of your enamel, which is right about at the gum line, to where the bone attaches to that tooth is a three millimeter wide band that has millions of open pores. And each one of those pores is 10 to 20 times wider than the microbes that live in the gum sulcus. Mm-hmm. Within 30 days, and this is work uh, like Dr. Levy has supported this in his book, Hidden Epidemic. It, it's it's uh, studies that go back to Boyd Haley's work uh, yeah. from the University of Kentucky, where he showed that, you know, within about 30 days, the entirety of the root system of, of, the, of a tooth is teeming with microbes. And, you know, because it happens slowly, right? The the soaking in of those microbes happens slowly. Your immune system is starting to recognize, okay, like this is kind of weird. We better, you know, change how we function around this tooth because it's clearly something's changed. And so a person with a very, you know, good level of health might be able to tolerate that tooth in the oral environment for a number of years, might maybe even decades. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some won't tolerate it at all ever. Right. But most people will start to suffer consequences distant 
to that tooth. It might be their thyroid gland. It might be their liver. It might be their pancreas. It might be their right knee. It could be anything. Mm -hmm. It might be their ovaries, you know? Of course, when those things happen systemically or somewhere beyond the mouth, we don't, we have, you know, we don't connect the two. Right. So that's where it's so helpful. Like if, if the listeners want to go to my website, under my heading connections, when you toggle over it, there it says energy meridian chart. You know, uh-huh. and you can click on that and go in and click on the, your tooth that you've had root canal on and see like, have any of these connected organs and joints and what have you, have I had any issues with these and draw your own connections? It's a really helpful and, and easy to use chart. So although you can sterilize it inside, there's no way to sterilize the entirety of the tooth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the, the most asinine thing. It took me almost 15 years of extracting root canal treated teeth by the mm-hmm. thousands yeah. to finally have it dawn on me. Like, why is it black inside the tooth every time I take out a root canal? Like uh-huh. I've done root canals. The sealer is white. The gutta percha looks like a salmony color. Like where's the black coming from? And mm-hmm. that's when I started sending teeth into DNA connections to have them analyzed. And it was like, Ooh, okay. These things are loaded with microbes, yeah. you know, vi- viruses, fungi, my uh, bacteria, uh, you know, it's crazy. Parasites. Oh my goodness. A lot of parasites. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy. So That's- there's, to, I guess the short answer is there's, there's no way to sterilize it. You know, endodontists will always lean on like, well, you know, look at these studies. And it's like, yeah, that's at the time bef- before you seal it up, take, I would argue, go back into that tooth one year later. I mean, nobody's going to do this study because it's, you know, not probably ethical, but you know, what if you, this would be a really fun one, you know, do a root canal on a tooth that you're planning to extract anyway, you know, and then go back, do a root canal one month later, take the tooth out and test the roots and see what's in it. Yeah. You know, if, if you're, if you're arguing that, Oh, it's sterile, it won't be sterile. It'll be loaded yeah. with microbes period. Yeah. And I will say, I I kept my tooth uh, after I had it extracted and it's exactly what you just described. It was black at the root. And I will say, maybe we can talk about this too. There's a type of imaging called cone beam. It's like a 3D imaging that's different than your regular x-ray, correct? Yeah, it's basically an iteration. It's the next iteration of panoramic x-ray where it's now viewable. It's a CT scan with a three-dimensional cone-shaped beam, yeah. believe it or not. I mean, it's the technology that they've been able to utilize to create this. You know, the technology is like 15 years old now. Yeah. I've had I've had a, a cone beam system in my office for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Once you see things three-dimensionally, like you're not ever going back. Right. It's not perfect for everything, I will right. say, you know, but being able to see a three-dimensional human being in 3D mm-hmm. is completely profession-changing, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I will say, in my case, I did have that done, and it did not detect the infection that was at the apex of that tooth. But when he pulled it out, there was, what is it called, a granuloma? At Call the base it whatever you want. Yeah. Um, and both both of my teeth, the second one was actually infected. That's why I ended up having it removed, um, even though it wasn't functionally really a problem but yeah i mean it's it's wild what you're able to see with with modern technology so um yeah 
Yeah. yeah. It, that it's, it's been such a game changer in terms of like implant dentistry. Cause I do mm-hmm. a lot of tooth replacement with ceramic implants for people, which for those who don't know, I mean, ceramic implants have been available for more than 20 years now. Yeah. Um, I would say like the, the best of the best is still coming out. Uh, there's just amazing technology in that realm. But point of mentioning it is that combine the combination of three-dimensional cone beam technology and intraoral scanning so mm-hmm. that you don't have to put goop in people's mouths anymore. Yeah. Like every implant I place is guided surgically with guides I create using these three-dimensional technologies. So yeah. there's never a guess about where am I putting an implant? It's all been pre-planned outside the mouth. So surgery takes very little time, very little trauma. It's such a game changer from the implant dentistry I started doing 20 years ago, you know? Right, right. And is that, uh, I mean, is that the main restoration for somebody who has chosen to have a tooth extracted at this point doing ceramic implant? What's the difference between ceramic and titanium is the other option, right? Yeah, it's good. Well, with those two questions, I would say it's not the main because that would be leaning towards saying maybe it's dogmatic. Like, well, if you lose a tooth, you got to put in an implant. Right. I, mean, I don't, I do not care. Like I take front teeth out on people all the time. Mm-hmm. I'll make a fake pontic tooth. Literally, it's like a little tooth sitting in midair uh-huh. and I'll glue it to the adjacent teeth and bond it with fiberglass reinforcement ribbon with composite. And they'll wear that for a year or two sometimes. Yeah. Now, most people, particularly for front teeth, most people want a replacement tooth, you know, I would say some people in the back, they're not as concerned about it. So we'll do a removable single tooth partial, which just is literally just pops in and out. You mm-hmm. can do that. If the adjacent teeth have huge fillings or old crowns, you could do a bridge. Like I'm not going to grind down healthy teeth for a bridge. That's right. not my, I wouldn't do that. But anyway, so there are, are the point being, there are many options. I'm looking at what are your goals? What's your timeline? What are your values? And what are your budget? What's your budget? You know, mm-hmm. and then we'll figure out what the solution is based on those things um, as it relates to materials. And, and I think it's like this is next week. I'll be at a conference in San Antonio, Texas, where uh, it's a ceramic implantology meeting. I know there's going to be a guy there talking about the latest research showing what happens to metal oxidation over time in jawbones. And so as it relates to your question about the differences between titanium metals in bone and ceramic or what, what's referred to as zirconia, it's a zirconium oxide because the zirconium oxide is oxidized. It's, a, you know, it's, re- it's considered a ceramic. It is biologically inert. Okay. So there's no, there's no, it's not giving off any ions. It's pre-oxidized. It's not energetically influencing the body at all. So versus the titanium implant. So let's say you put the titanium implant, like that story I was sharing earlier about the woman who had had the one in her lower jaw. As soon as you connect the next metal and you increase the energetic potential, you're making a battery, right? That's what a battery is. Now the you're increasing the rate of oxidation of that metal. It will give off more particles. What's interesting as well to note, there is there's no such thing as a titanium implant that's pure titanium. They right. all have other metals within the alloy. Yeah. One of one of the biggest offenders is nickel. So if somebody is sensitive to cheap earrings, let's say, mm-hmm. like, you know, oh no, I mean, we we ask. Actually, uh, I've done 
uh, four ceramic implants for my mom. And, uh, you know, we were aware four or five years ago when we started doing her tooth replacement or her dead tooth replacement process, like she can't wear cheap metals, period. She's never been able to. We're like, well, you know, then you can't have titanium implants, period. It just won't work. And unfortunately, I have to, I end up helping a lot of people who have had titanium implants because they've been told, oh, we've been placing them for years. People do fine. And that's true. Most people do fine with it, right? Most people are going to be okay. They will experience oxidation and whether that's a long-term health problem, we don't know. Right. But if, you, if you're nickel sensitive, it's not going to work. You know, your body will respond with inflammation. Your meridian, whatever organs are associated with that will start going offline. And it's a, it's a huge problem. So, and of course, unfortunately, most people are told when they come back to the dentist to say, Hey, I have a problem with, uh, I've, I've noticed these changes. Well, it can't be the implant because, you know, so many people are fine with it. Well, again, that might be fine for a lot of people, but for that human being, when they notice a change immediately, it's the implant, Yeah, you know, almost always it's going to be the implant. So it's like, well, there's no better time to take it out than right then and there, you know? Yeah. Um, so we got to listen to our patients, but yeah, it's, I've been really happy with ceramic implantology. Uh, like I say, the, the Swiss dental solutions version, which I started working with a year and a half ago, mm -hmm. uh, that's the, that's the meeting I'm going to next week. The thoughtfulness with which the dentist designed this system, you know, you could tell this is a guy who's done a lot of dentistry and, and is thinking like, how can I help people have a predictable implant, even when the tooth just got extracted? Yeah. You know, how can I help replace the tooth as soon as possible, sometimes immediately with something that will not interrupt the the biological balance of their bodies? I, I mean, just, I love it. It's it, it's such a better way to serve people. Again, it doesn't have to be implants, it could be some other way of re replacing a tooth, but to stop causing <laughs> as much harm as I used to, right? I mean, right. I have to admit, it's like, I didn't know. I, I knew in dental school, like I'm never never going to place a, a, an amalgam filling, a mercury filling. There's just no point to it. Yeah. Um, but but I did not know better for years with root canals. I mean, I was performing those for 15 years. No. Uh, I'm grateful to not be doing that anymore. Yeah. Uh, what's, it's sad. I mean, 15 to 20 million root canals will be done in America this year. Yeah. That's an incredible amount of harm, in my opinion. And there is some pretty solid evidence on the association between root canals and cardiac issues, correct? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember the first dentist I talked to about this who was just a conventional mainstream dentist. And I, I had said something about root canals being dangerous. And he said, oh, yeah, everybody knows that root canals are terrible for your heart. And I'm like, nobody knows that. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're the first person I've heard say that, that, you know, wasn't inside this holistic bubble. I mean, I'll share another quick story on on the uh, the association between, you know, our oral health and the heart, you know, and you can probably expand on this. Um yeah, I'm not going to go into the longer story of my father's, you know, final three years of his demise, but he also had a mouthful of amalgams and root canals and didn't yeah. want to listen to me when I tried to give him some information on that. But the final descent of, of his health journey before he passed away, he had a dental cleaning and two days later had a cardiac incident oh. that ended up with a quintuple bypass um, oh, yeah. ca cabbage surgery. Yeah. And you know, three months later, he was he was no longer with us. Oh. So there's a lot about what's going on in the mouth and how it can even immediately impact the heart in particular. Oh, my goodness. Well, 
Yeah. Um, another physician who in the last decade has really done a lot of work to share not just the connection, but the causation of oral infection was uh, Dr. Brad Bale and Amy Doneen in their book, Beat the Heart Attack Gene. I met him about six years ago, right when his study was published, showing the causation, like the, the biological pathway that gets lit up from, in this case, they were looking at periodontal infection. Now, the nature of the micro, the microbes that live under the gums, as I described earlier, it's those microbes that get into the tooth that infect the tooth, you know, that, that create this infection around the root of a tooth. It's all of the same nature. It causes systemic inflammation. And the book's amazing. I mean, he just over and over talks about like the lighting of the fire of inflammation of the body and chronic oral infection is most frequently the the guiltiest culprit. And uh, I'm like, and he's a cardiologist, right? Right. Uh, to your point, like, yes, the science is all there. Ask how many cardiologists are asking their patients about their oral health. Mm -hmm. And I think we would be sad to find like it's very few. Mm -hmm. Because the questions that they ask, it, and I understand they're not trained, you know, in what to ask. They'll say, do you have a dentist? And they'll say, yes. You know, have you seen them in the last 12 months? Yes. And then they just assume that if there's a problem, the dentist is going to tell them about it, right? Right. Um, I mean, I had, I had a patient a month ago reach out to me and explain that, hey, Dr. Blodgett, I just was diagnosed with cancer in my uh, right lymphatic chain of her neck. And they had done some biopsies already and told her, well, you got to go through chemo and radiation. And I mean, you can imagine she's literally scared for her life. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, if it's in your right lymphatic chain of your neck, the likelihood is there's something draining from your head. I would love it if you could come up here before you start any of this stuff that we could assess that. Well, long story short, after I looked at what was going on in her jaws, because she kind of saw me for sporadically for ceramic implant stuff. I wasn't her quote unquote normal dentist. Yeah. Uh, she, you know, had what I thought on the 3D cone beam looked like uh, cavitation lesions in her jawbone. Okay. And I said, the only way I can tell you with good confidence is if you go to St. Louis, Missouri this week and see Dr. Yu. And mm -hmm. I think it took maybe two weeks to actually be able to see him, but she did go, in fact, and he did his energetic assessment, just like Dr. Cook did for you. Mm -hmm. And he found that her lower wisdom tooth sites had healed poorly and were reading uh, very low in terms of energetic flow. And then two days later, we cleaned those areas out, found, finding these very fatty degenerative areas within the jawbone. Mm -hmm. So what's interesting now is it's been a month later. She's not doing chemo. She's not doing radiation. And she says, interesting to listen to the words she says, she says, my body feels a state of lightness and energy like I haven't felt in years. And I'm like, hmm, if we train ourselves to listen to our intuition and what the body's telling us rather than, mm -hmm. well, what's your blood work say, you know, or, right. you know what I mean? Like there's so much more to consider than did it come up on your CBC? Oh, you're fine or you're not. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and what's cool is she'll go back to see him in two months to have updated energetic work done mm -hmm. uh, and check on her healing energetically. And we've been supporting her with ozone mm -hmm. and other neuro, you know, like neural therapy. I mean, what a gift, right? Literally, yeah. the chemo and radiation would likely kill her. It's it's mm -hmm. literally trying to kill your body cells. Yeah. So if you can 
choose a path which is more health promoting rather than health killing, mm-hmm. I I would argue that's a much better approach. Right. And then there's there's the issue of quality of life, which I think some sort yeah. sometimes gets tossed to the wayside when we're considering outcomes just based on whether somebody's not dead. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's funny you mentioned your father because yeah. it was my it was my father coming into my practice after he had been been seeing my brother for a number of years who didn't have cone beam technology. Yeah. My, my dad came back to see me about eight years ago when my brother moved to Texas and we did a 3D scan. And I was like, whoa, like all four molars on his left side had been root canaled. Mm-hmm. All four were completely blown out abscesses and he had zero pain. Yeah. He, he had no awareness that there was a problem. We talked about like, I would like for you to get these teeth out. And he's like, uh, you know, I, it was hard to convince him because it's like, you know, they don't hurt. Well, within six months, he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma of the, you know, left cervical chain of lymph uh-huh. nodes. You can imagine very quickly, you know, with the su- suggestion from me and his oncologist, you have to remove the infection. So yeah. we did. And thankfully, you know, he's doing a lot better now, but that was such, as you can imagine, that was a massive aha. And that was one yes. of the, probably the most influential factors for me to go, okay, I'm done with this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's not providing health outcomes. It's just providing a functional tooth outcome, which those are very right. different things, you know? Right, right. Very much so. And kind of while we're on that realm of of topics, I think particularly in the last few years, the... Um, <laughs> The idea of germ theory has really gotten a lot of attention, but I think to the detriment of really igniting a conversation about both terrain theory and and something that I've never even really heard as a term, but the toxicity model of disease. How relevant is the germ if we're addressing the terrain and the toxins that might be fueling an environment that's conducive to breeding, quote unquote, germs? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think the, the the whole concept of germs, like the eradication of germs, you know, like some, we don't, the analogy I use with, with patients is we don't get stronger by staying on the couch. Right. Right. So our immune system needs something to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think that our experience through the COVID times of like, yeah. don't see people you know, wrap yourself in Lord knows what, you know, like don't touch other people's hands. Like, in fact, the sharing of within a reasonable level, of course, right? like sharing bugs with people being in community is how we're designed. Mm-hmm. We're not designed to live in a bubble. And it's interesting because I have watched more sickness and health challenges within my my team at my office than in the, than in the past 20 plus years of running a business. People get sick faster. And it's, I swear, it's like, well, it's like I stopped going to the gym. And of course I got weaker. The immune system behaves the same way. You know, you're talking about like models of health. One of the things I found most fascinating in that integrative medical dental training I did back in New Jersey was the concept of homotoxicology and how, how we break down over time you know, like kind of moving from the outside in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mo- a lot of people, when they get to the state where disease is now occurring at the cellular level, 
there's really no coming back from that. You know, yeah. there's you can't clean the train enough that your body can recover. And it's so sad because you look at lifestyle models, like people practicing, let's for lack of a better way of saying, like health style or lifestyles that just aren't pro-health, whether it's, you know, chronic drinking or smoking or lack of activity or whatever. And then you get to 65 when it's time to retire and you have zero health. You yeah. know, it's like you're left in a state of just, uh, you know, and it's common, right? Yeah. I mean, just think of the couch potato. You know, let's put enough programming on the TV. By the way, we're going to throw, and I'm getting so off track right now, of course, but <laughs> we're going to throw so many commercials at you for the pills you can take because you feel like crap. You know, it's it's not a health model. And I know do that's they, a little- Do they even make other commercials anymore? I don't I, even think I've seen one. Yeah, I know. I, I, I What I wouldn't do to just see a Golden Grams commercial. Yeah, you know, like, right, right. Like, at least it's, at least it's tasty toxic food you know uh, <laughs> i'm totally joking but uh um, right. yeah it's but and you know and the crazy thing is that all that's connected to your teeth your mouth if you're not moving your body like you were talking about lymph and the rebounder and it's like yeah i mean simply go for a walk yeah uh, do some push-ups just move your body yeah uh, you know, it's so hard these days. I, I, my profession is horrible. You know, like I'm sitting there, some of my surgeries will go five, six, seven hours. And I'm literally in the same position for all that amount of time. Right. Uh, and it's like, which is probably why I have neck problems, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like I have to go intentionally move myself after that because it's otherwise I'm just letting the toxicity pool, you know? Right. Right. Yeah, there's something to be said for moving every day, even if it's only a little bit. But yeah, um, walk the it, dog, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can you tell us a little bit about fluoride? Yes. <laughs> so you know, in fact, and this is the the soapbox on which traditional organized dentistry stands, mm -hmm. is that when you apply uh, acidulated fluoride to tooth enamel. Mm -hmm. It will preferentially bind to the enamel surface the uh, and make it more acid resistant. Mm -hmm. Medical fact, okay? Also medical fact, you cannot apply that to a tooth structure without having the mucosa of the cheek and the gums and the tongue touch that surface. And where is the most absorptive tissue in your body? Your oral cavity. Why do we throw mm -hmm. nitroglycerin under the tongue? Yeah. Or, you know, somebody having a sugar crisis, why do we put, you know, some goop under the tongue so you can absorb the, the, the molecules? It is the most absorptive place in your body. If you want to decrease your IQ, you know, slather. I mean, this is not me being facetious. Like this, so many studies exist showing the decrease of IQ in those who use fluoride. Mm -hmm. It's just medical fact. Yeah. Um, you can go to PubMed and put in IQ comma fluoride. Yeah. The studies are all there or, or go to the IAOMT's website. They have a ton of information as well. So the fact of the matter is millennia before we had, you know, adding fluoride to the water, there were cultures who managed to keep their mouths healthy without any fluoride at all. Well, yeah. not without any, I mean, it does exist within our water supply, natural right. water supply to a certain extent, but not to the degree in most areas where we 
you know, we currently keep it. But pardon me, you know, thankfully I live in Portland, Oregon, where we, you know, we got our own sets of issues like any, you know, city, but we thankfully do not fluoridate our water. Oh, Um, nice. You know, unfortunately, most products that people are buying at the store, bottled water, Coca-Cola, you know, sodas, whatever. And I'm not picking on Coke here. It's like whatever soda, uh, kombuchas, they're made outside of this area and there's fluoride in that water supply. So people are exposed. I think the greatest risk are those folks who go in and let's say back to the issue of remineralization, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe the dentist sees, oh gosh, there's the starts of some loss of mineral here in your teeth. We're going to put you on this, you know, Prevident 5,000, 5,000 parts per million, uh, which is a lot, by the way, water is supposedly added at a one part per million. So 5,000 times what you're recommended to have exposed in your water, whether you buy that or not, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting as well, biologically, is when you put that much fluoride on a tooth, it will hypermineralize only the surface layer, which blocks the ability of other minerals to get into that demineralized area it's like it's like veneering it the minerals of the saliva with which you were born whose job it is to remineralize your tooth in the first place is now blocked from being able to do its job yeah Yeah. so you know the people ask me like what's the best toothpaste to use it's like the best thing for your mouth is health healthy saliva yeah and that requires healthy blood which requires good digestion and, you know, health, you know, like good uh, GI absorption mm-hmm. and good detox and a healthy diet yeah. and water and, and clean water. Like, yeah, it's not complicated, but, you know, it's yeah. not convenient either to like make your own food. It takes time and thoughtfulness. Right. I right. get that. It, I live a modern lifestyle, right? We get stuff from Costco. It's like at the office, we have all sorts of, you know, whole foods and some processed foods and when the day's busy, I might reach for something that's processed because I, you know, want to eat something and get to my next patient. But, you know, my gut would be happier with some sliced turkey and uh, a pickle and hummus and a lettuce wrap, you know? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it uh, truly is a whole body concept, you know? Oh, totally, totally. I've, I've also read somewhere that back to it takes 20 years for things to kind of come online that um, at some point, you know, the modern medical culture will understand that um, fluoride will be kind of regarded the same way we now regard lead. Yeah. 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 How do we look at lead that way and not mercury and fluoride? I, it just doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. That's unfortunate. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to take a minute out of today's episode to introduce you to Primal Life Organics. Primal Life Organics was started by a mom and registered nurse passionate about eliminating the chemicals in dental products and preventing cavities and gum disease. Primal Life Organics dental health and personal care products eliminate the toxic ingredients found in most conventional brands and elevate your oral health for holistic wellness. The health of your mouth is vital to the health of the rest of your body. 
body. Many oral care products destroy beneficial bacteria in your oral microbiome and introduce toxic chemicals that absorb into your body through the tissues in your mouth. Check out Primal Life Organics Dental Detox Kit, Bamboo Sonic Toothbrush, and LED Tooth Whitening Kits at my Jen's Favorite Things link at jenmayo.com. Your purchases allow us to bring you innovative ideas for optimal health and wellness on the Body Literacy Podcast. And now back to today's episode. Now you use ozone in your practice too, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What, what benefits does that have? Yeah. Well, so one of the things we have tried to accomplish in bringing ozone into our practice is like one of the things people don't think about frequently is, is let's take your dental water lines as a, for instance, like that, that chair has lines running through it that, you know, takes water and then ultimately is going in your mouth. So keeping the the water lines as clean or sterile as, as possible is a constant battle. And of course, most chair manufacturers sell, you know, chemicals mm-hmm. that you put in there, like chlorhexidine or whatever. You put this stuff in the water line and then the patients, you know, they're literally swallowing that crap. It probably won't kill you, but it's not going to help either. So, you know, years ago when we first started integrating ozone, that was the first thing I started doing was we constantly ozonate distilled water in our practice. And that's what we run through our line, which I love it because patient, you know, there isn't a human being that's allergic to oxygen or distilled water. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's where we started. The other things that we have started utilizing it for would be like neural therapy as an example, uh-huh. where we're injecting sites, like let's say a patient uh, comes in and they're suspicious a wisdom tooth site being infected. Yeah. So because I currently don't have the acupuncture meridian assessment up and running, one of the tricks that we can try or therapeutic modalities for lack of a better term would be to inject either ozone alone or procaine, uh, which is a, a anesthetic, like a just plain procaine, no buffers or anything adjacent to that site along with ozone, which is more comfortable it can cause an energetic shift for the patient where let's say they're dealing with, here's a common one. Somebody comes in and they've been dealing with eczema for years. Turns out they kind of add up the years and like, it actually started like two or three months after I had my wisdom teeth out and they've taken medication, but they're like, I'd rather not take that stuff. I I suspect, or I heard it on a podcast that maybe these are related to my eczema. So we'll do these ozone injections and their eczema will clear up for 24 to 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And then it comes back, you know? And so it's energetically allowing us to understand, like, is there a connection between that area and what's going on with the body systemically? So that's a neural therapy technique, right? And we do that a lot for people. You can also use ozone pre-surgically to help condition the, it, it, it actually brings in increased blood flow, which if I'm going to take a tooth out tomorrow, providing increased blood flow into that area today is going to be helpful in terms of preparing the body for surgery. I use ozone also, and this is something like for years, I was using a product called Gluma over the dentin of the tooth because it's a desensitizer. It it like kills microbes, but it is, it is literally a glutaraldehyde material. So 
I suppose if you keep it only on the dentin of the tooth, it, 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 we know it's fu- it fu- it's functional, but it's kind of toxic. Like if you get it on the gums and the gum, it's glutaraldehyde is very toxic. Yeah. So about five years ago, we started using ozone instead of the, the gluma as a desensitizer. And what's amazing is that you have a you know positive charge with ozone molecules and a negative charge with microbes. All you have to do is put the ozone gas in the vicinity of whatever has microbes on it, and it will draw one to the other electromagnetically and kill that stuff. Mm-hmm. It desensitizes the nerves as well biochemically. So we do that before sealing up the dentin layer of the tooth so as to decrease sensitivity from fillings and such. I love it. You know, it's like you're not, there's nothing toxic about the oxygen. Yeah. So it's it's very good. The biggest safety factor is, you know, you cannot have a patient inhale it. So yeah. we're always using scavenging systems to ensure that there's safety, you know, safety first with lasers, with ozone, like anything we're using, safety first. Right. Uh, but it is, I love, love, love it. We went from, the, you know, we bought one and I thought, well, this will be cool. We'll have one ozone. We have four ozone uh, generators, all the same models, three of which are on rolling carts. So they can just go around the office for all the different ways in which we utilize it. Oh, wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So ozone's not good to breathe in, but elsewhere in the body, it tends to have great effects. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you did talk a little bit about the, the neural therapy. So is that a good way to really help people understand the energetic connection between back to the experience-based medicine once you experience it in your body? So if you block something, uh, you know, specific to a tooth that's on a meridian and it clears up pain somewhere else in the body, you know, I feel like that's um, really quite validating in an experiential way. Um, Absolutely. To know that we do have these subtle energy channels that um, do, in fact, exist in the body, even if we've not gotten super advanced in how to measure them empirically. Yep, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You talk a little bit about oral health and impact on specifically the digestive and endocrine systems, because again, back to this whole notion that the mouth is somehow this disconnected entity from the rest of the body. You know, and I I wanted to ask too, do you think the insurance system is a big part of that problem? Because I don't understand why dental insurance is different than health insurance. It's still part of your body. That I cannot understand. You know, because I, I knew... When I bought my practice 21 and a half years ago, I knew then that there was a a huge disconnect philosophically between the offering of optimal healthcare and a third party body determining what you can and can't have done or, or what they, let me rephrase that. You can choose to have anything you want done. They, they determine whether they'll pay for it or not. Right. So outsourcing the choice making for your own health to me is so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I don't personally, you know, utilize that for almost anything in my own healthcare. You know, it's just, I think it's a, I think it's an unfortunate model that we've allowed, you know, bureaucratic systems and, you know, bean counters to tell us what's, what's, what's appropriate for healthcare. I have participated essentially in, in, you know, no part of insurance yeah. uh, outside of a couple of years during the, 
the horrible downturn in like, you know, oh nine, ten, those were rough years to yeah. own a small business. But anyway, you know, and, and what I love is that we've actually helped people to see the difference between choosing health and choosing dogmatic baloney. You know, like right, you, can choose, right. you I want you to choose whatever you feel most comfortable with, but ultimately it's going to be your choice. As it relates to gastrointestinal health. Yeah. You know, I, I've referred a couple of times to this. American yeah. College of Integrative Medicine and Dentistry I went to, I love sharing the story how a month before we started our program, they mailed us out two books, one of which was a book called Power Versus Force, which uh, is a, a book all about energetic states and understanding lowly resonating states. I, it was fascinating. Um, the other one was a book called Gut. That's the name, Gut. Gut, by, okay. By, Gut by Dr. Julia Enders, a German physician. She was actually a medical student when she wrote it. And her sister, I love the the the, <laughs> the pictures in it are so funny. Her sister diagrammed them. And, you know, you're talking about poop and stuff. It's it, right, you know, right. might as well have a little bit of levity. Right. Um, but what I loved about that was it talked about every part of the gut, which go figure includes the mouth. You know, she talked yep. about the importance of saliva, salivary enzymes, how those relate to effective uh, breakdown of the foods that we eat. <clears throat> it's, it's it's just such a great book. So I try to keep things as simple as possible and 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 as in my mind, as integrated as possible. So it's, it's kind of like I'm cautious in how much I break things apart, right? This system versus that system, because they're all the same. They're all part of the same puzzle. So anyway. You know, what I see from the mouth and how we alter the biofunctioning state of the gut, mm-hmm. Take let's go back to mercury fillings. We know conclusively mercury vapor is constantly given off from the fillings. We already talked about how some of the that vapor is literally inhaled into the lungs. It gets absorbed in the lungs, just like smoke from a cigarette would. And much of it goes to fat containing organs, particularly the brain. Well, think about the part of the mercury that is, you know, bound up by saliva and food particles that goes from inorganic uh, mercury into a pool of microbes where it converts to organic mercury and has totally different biological function or or impact, shall we say, not healthful, (laughs) you know? And so then we start seeing inflammation of the gut lining. I mean, everybody here listening, I'm sure can relate to the the concept of leaky gut syndrome. Yeah, It's like, well, look at what's in your mouth. What is being uh, the food aside? I mean, food can have its own stuff, right? Right. But what's in your mouth, it's all getting carried downstream Mm -hmm. all the way out through the other end. It's one continuous system. Um, None of it is divorced from any other part of it. So we have to think about what's the biochemistry we're exposing our bodies to and how is the rest of this, the body systems going to be impacted by that? You know, whether it's neurologically, cardiovascularly, you know, energetically, it's, it's all, it's all part of the system, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
especially with the endocrine system, I think people just don't, they don't put two and two together. And you mentioned thyroid earlier, because that's so close to the mouth as well. And I think we're seeing like epidemic levels of people with thyroid issues who are just kind of um, clueless how they've gotten in these situations. But, you know, and in my work, we do a lot of, a lot of things with sexual reproductive and women's health. Um, Are you seeing a lot of women come in with issues with their menstrual cycle and things like that, that are end up being resolved through addressing their dental work. Oh man. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. I'm thinking of this one patient. uh, She actually, a year and a half ago, we had our 20th anniversary and we did a big, you know, like a day of Instagram lives and things like that. And she was kind enough to share her story where she had slipped and fell down on black ice you know, knocked her two, her two upper left teeth out or knocked uh-huh. them back, I guess, killed them. They died. And, you know, her menstrual cycles had always been normal, never had a bladder infection in her life. And subsequent to that trauma and the dental treatments, she was in the hospital every two to three months with severe bladder infections for oh, wow. about three years, I think, until she found me. When, when we took out her teeth, and, and and you can go back and check out her story. It's an interesting one. Uh, we actually did some really creative tooth creation with, I was mentioning how I will make a fake tooth. In her case, I made two bonded fake teeth, literally in thin air and glued them to her adjacent canine and central incisor. They were just teeth floating in space, but they looked perfectly real. Yeah. Uh, as soon as those came out, her she, she has not experienced a single bladder infection at all since. Oh, and wow. it's like, you know, like how is it? I guess it is connected, you know, go right. Figure, you know, and, and we see a lot of women who have issues with pregnancy, like they either cannot get pregnant mm-hmm. or, or they, they can easily get pregnant and they can't maintain the pregnancy. Yeah. Which I, in either case is horribly distressing. We go through the process of cleaning up the oral issues energetically, infectiously once their body, uh, well, the body, yes, the mouth included, becomes in a state of balance and healthfulness. It's shocking how many will become pregnant. Yeah. You know? And yeah. now I, I, I'm not going to say like, oh, yeah, like that was because of what I did or what the team did. Right. I can't say that. But did it have an impact? Well, I can't imagine that it didn't. Right. 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 So, yeah. And the same thing with the thyroid health you touched on. Yeah. The number of people that I see, granted, Keeping in mind, of course, my patient population is people who are suffering. You right, know? right. I mean, somebody who feels awesome probably isn't calling me. No. Uh, but the number of people suffering from thyroid, typically hypothyroidism, yeah, uh, is epidemic. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You touched on the importance of healthy saliva earlier, and there's a lot of medications too that impact saliva oh. production too. Correct. Uh, almost like 90% of medications are going to affect saliva flow. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about mouth breathing, um, you know, both in general and while people are sleeping, how does that impact oral health? Sure. Well, and that goes into a, a, you know, a lot of different systems issues. Like if it's Maybe you're exposed to things to which you're sensitive, foods, environmental issues, and that's constricting your nasal passageway. So you then breathe through your mouth as you sleep. That, yeah. You know, another situation is orthodontic constriction, 
which is something that I see a ton in people my age. Mm-hmm. You know, they they grew up in the 70s and 80s where where it was more common to extract sets of premolars and constrict mm-hmm. the arch of teeth. Yeah. Well, when that when that happens, you know, the the jaw development is constricted as well and, and mm-hmm. therefore the anatomical portions within your nose they didn't have braces, right? So they're yeah. like, well, we, we want to grow to full size, but we're in a smaller garage. Yeah. So, you know, uh, oftentimes that leads to constricted nasal uh, passageways. So it's uh, when we look at, and these are things that Dr. Weston A. Price talked about in his early work and um, to, to a great extent. I mean, heck, he produced a lot of papers and books on the on the topics. Like when children are allowed to be born, to breastfeed, to chew foods, mm-hmm. not like, not like, you know, jello and hot dogs here. Like we're talking about foods that actually have to be chewed. That stimulation, that physical stimulation of the baby's mouth around the mother's breast, the the physical maceration of food as their teeth start to come in, it all serves a purpose. But we have softened, you know, almost everything about our, you know, culture and lifestyle. You yeah. know, I mean, we don't. Most of us don't live, you know, in harsh elements. You know, we live in comfortable li- in lifestyle and we eat comfortable foods and we listen to comfortable things, you know. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting how it all kind of has a similar flavor, so to speak. But, you know, when children aren't pushed to develop fully, you know, they need challenge, of course. Yeah. Like and that that's also, you know, physiologically, their jaws will grow better if they're if they're experiencing chewing challenge. So if they don't, they tend to have more nasal constricted breathing and therefore mouth breathe through sleep. Yeah. And when you dry out the mouth, it changes the nature of the uh, oral microbiome mm-hmm. and therefore the gut microbiome, because again, it leads downstream. It's all stuff to be considered. You know, yeah. it's, uh, again, I'm not about like dogmatic. Oh, well, you know, if, if you went through braces, then you're probably, you know, ruined for life. Like <laughs> there, there are things you can do, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there are, there are a lot of different techniques, which probably takes up more time than we have today, but yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll refer, you know, anybody who's listening back a number of episodes, I interviewed the author of the book Jaws. That was a really great one. And if you haven't read that book, it's a good one too, to understand, you know, where orthodontics has evolved to and how important jaw development is and how nasal breathing uh, is important. Totally. Um, but I think that was probably one of more where I started mouth taping at night, another yep. area where people sometimes think I'm crazy when I mention this. Um, yeah. But I mean, even just waking up in the morning without a dry mouth is, is, you know, reason enough to do it, but it's impact again, going back to kind of endocrine health is enormous. And I, I think so many people, especially, I think, you know, all, all serious, all serious ailments aside, if we just look at, you know, people who struggle with weight loss, there's so many simple things that are completely overlooked that impact endocrine health. And I think that's really where the ball gets dropped is this caloric model of weight loss that we've all been dogmatized into. I mean, more often it's the other way around that our endocrine system is like signaling us to eat more because that's off to begin with. But yeah, the mouth taping, I know for myself and, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to a number of other dentists who specialize in kind of sleep medicine. 
say that 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 can be a really a big impact for people's health to to try that out. On that note, though, like, you know, kind of in feeding into the orthodontic stuff, you know, so many people who go through orthodontics, and I'm not even just talking the acute period of time where they're having their their teeth straightened, but afterwards, so many people end up in retainers or like those metal bars they put behind the front lower teeth, leaving that stuff in your mouth long-term and or wearing it every night or whatever, you know, how do the microplastics and long-term wearing of metals in the mouth impact health? Well, yeah, I mean, that's going to depend to some extent to the nature of that human being. You yeah. Know? I mean, again, going back to no dentistry is the best dentistry. You know, I, yeah. I always harp on that because it's like, well, you can't add something to a system and, and suspect it has no impact. Right. It, it will have an impact, whether that's, you know, significantly grading to health or not. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, that's that's a bio-individualized issue. Yeah. I mean, I meet a lot of people who are like, eh, I'd rather take it out. And I will say this, like I was talking to a, a, a newer patient recently. She's been going through Invisalign treatment. And she said, you know, I, I can only go like two nights without wearing my retainer or my teeth start to move immediately. So I posed, I posed the question to her. I said, well, okay, what, like, do you think maybe your body is trying to tell you something about the long-term physiologic positioning of your teeth? If it doesn't want them to be there, right? like maybe you should listen to your body instead of trying to force it to do something else. Right. I mean, it's just an idea which she'd never considered. And yeah. I'm like, you know, pardon the pun, but, you know, chew on it and then decide right. what you want to do. You know? <laughs> Definitely. In terms of, uh, you know, just kind of putting a positive spin on this and, you know, exploring what can people be doing to maximize their own oral health, both in terms of nutrition and oral care, what's kind of your general recommendations? Yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. And this is, as you know, Little to do and, and at the same time, everything to do with dentistry, which is, you know, find your parasympathetic time of your day. You know, our lifestyles are really busy mm-hmm. and, you know, we're constantly being barraged with information, our cell phones, our computers, our, you know, and, and particularly like when we're looking at screens a lot, you know, it's like, there's a lot that we're exposed to that we weren't exposed to a hundred years ago. So, you know, thinking about how do I have my downtime? so that my body can get into the parasympathetic state so that my you know blood pressure is down my blood flow is good my perfusion is good my teeth you know are healthier because fluid is moving from the inside out as opposed to the opposite like those simple things where your saliva flows better in parasympathetic you know if you're if you're scared for your life you're not going to be stopping to eat a taco you know right, right? i mean right. you won't have the saliva to, for with which to digest it but you know how to what extent are we slowing down to enjoy our meals? Yeah. Those little things that we do every single day make a much bigger impact than did I use the right toothpaste today? Right. You know, because you're only going to be exposed to your toothpaste for like five minutes a day at the most. Right. Right. So being exposed to healthy saliva and healthy foods and, you know, whole foods, I mean, you know, is it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What are your thoughts on oil pulling? Well, I don't personally do it, but I I have a lot of patients who do. Yeah, a lot who use coconut oil. And you know what? I've seen many a person who who do that and their gums look awesome. And I'm like, hey, if that works for you, like I don't like hot yoga. I Uh like cycling. 
Yeah. So I do that for my fitness. My wife does hot yoga. You know what I mean? Like find what works for you. Yeah. As long, as long as you're in good health, just keep doing it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on people doing um, like regular antiseptic stuff in your mouth? Does that negatively impact the good microbes that are supposed to be growing there? Uh, it, yes. I mean, so like one of the most common things that we see is um, there's a product called uh, or, or a substance, I should say, called chlorhexidine. Uh-huh. And it, it's a lot of people have been prescribed this this substance. One of the common trade name is, is Paradex. Okay. Uh, this stuff will kill off the microbiome to such an extent that it decreases nitric oxide throughout the body. And therefore you have, you know, decreased vascular perfusion systemically, mm-hmm. uh, which obviously if you want oxygen to get all your tissues, don't be killing off your oral microbiome. Right. You know, and that's where the concept of something like oil pulling or, you know, not overly disrupting the oral microbiome is so beneficial. Yeah. I mean, th- things have been around for thousands of years and proved to be helpful, probably yeah. a good practice. You know, we don't want to kill off everything. That's as we were talking at the start of our discussion, like the idea that if we slather on enough, you know, hand sanitizer, we're going to protect ourselves from disease. Right. It's just <laughs> foolish. We're, we're actually making ourselves more prone to illness. Right. So the same thing's true of the mouth. You know, I, I would say, do not, my advice would be if you want to be most healthful, don't kill off your oral microbiome, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wanted to end on, on this note and we can take it whatever direction you want. I know, I know you have a very unique practice and there are not a lot of dentists that operate in the realm that you do. There's sort of this concept of mental or, or I'm sorry, medical and dental tourism that is, is coming to be, you have a lot of patients that come to you from far and wide, correct? Yeah. The the majority are either flying or driving a significant distance. Yeah. I, yeah. And I'll say that was true of myself too. I, I live in Michigan, but I ended up going to the Chicagoland area to do most of my dental work. And again, people like see that and they think it's crazy because there's a million dentists around, yeah. you know, yeah. where you live, but there's such a niche market for those of us who have really sought to make our health a priority that sometimes it's worth the drive. And, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day and I said, you know, the, you know, anything worth having in life is, is worth making a significant investment in. And, you know, kind of back to that insurance um, model conversation in my own experience, losing my health insurance when I went through a divorce turned out to be the best thing (laughs) that ever happened to my health was just having to live outside Having to live outside that system, even for a few months, gave me the opportunity to see how much exists outside of that system. So, um, you know, kudos to you and to the other dentists and doctors who are are trailblazing and willing to step outside the the status quo and really um, make waves because you have such a passion for helping people improve their lives. You know, I think there are people who might criticize you know, and say, oh, well, you know, they're just in it for the money or whatever. But I find the doctors and the healthcare workers that are in the holistic realm far more often than not are so passionate about being genuinely helpful to people and empowering 
patients to be their own best health advocate. So kudos to you for that um, well, and, and everybody else. Um, is there anything that we didn't already go over that you think, you know, our listeners would really benefit from understanding about the role of oral health in our overall health? Oh, gosh. I mean, we touched on a lot, a, a lot of things, I guess, uh, you know, in the wrap up, what I would the, the, some of the things that I think are most important to share are when, which I touched on earlier, that when something doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. I would encourage people, do not move forward. And you just touched on an interesting topic, which is, you know, people thought I was crazy for traveling, mm-hmm. you know, to a different state. Now, you know, think of this. Nobody thinks it's crazy to save up five to $10,000, get on a plane or in your car Go to Disneyland or Disney World, blow all that cash sitting on your ass, you know, and and like eating, you know, tons of food. And, you know, like that's not crazy. We're socialized to think that's normal human behavior. But to spend the same amount and do the exact same thing to regain health and maintain Mm -hmm. that higher level of health is crazy. Like Mm -hmm. I would I would really question the the understanding or, or. or maybe I'd question where are our values as a society? You know, of course, people who who do get help, they would listen to your story and go, absolutely, of course. Like that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's there are millions of people out there suffering needlessly due to things they have had done to them. And you know, there's no blame. It's like the dentist is doing the best that they were taught how to do. The person's saying yes to the care that they're offered. Like nobody's aware of it. But once you, once you become aware and you draw your own, not necessarily conclusions, but you start to see the connections, right? It's a hundred percent worth investigating that connection and man, like deal with it now before your body gets to a state where it no longer has the capacity to heal. And I'll add, I mean, if, if there's a patient who's receiving a recommendation that, you know, in the dental or medical realm that they need to do something immediately, I think more often than not, it's, there isn't that urgency and you do have time to do your due diligence and do your own research to see if that makes whatever that recommendation is, makes sense for your own situation. So yeah. In my mind, if you hear need or should back off, you yeah. know, like find somebody who thinks and speaks thoughtfully that, that you, you know, that will be an intentional human being who is there to help. Right. Right. And I always say, think, think of your healthcare practitioner, um, just like you would a romantic partner. You wouldn't settle for just the first one your insurance company recommends <laughs> to you. Yeah, you know, absolutely. there's a courtship process and, oh, and maybe absolutely. we'll end on this. Cause I know you have, a, you kind of have a different procedure for dealing with new patients, correct? Yeah. 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 We, we about is interesting the day before our practices got shut down for COVID, we had a team meeting. It was March 12th, uh, 2020. I'll never forget it. And we were looking at how, when new patients would come to see us from across the country that, you know, if, when we were just plugging them in on any day, you know, it was very hard to be available when I'm, you know, taking out a tooth over here to be available to go do, you know, an examination and have a meaningful conversation somewhere else. So we decided that day we were going to create what we call our new patient Mondays. And on Mondays, the only thing that happens in my practice is we meet new people from wherever they come from. 
Mm-hmm. We developed what's called our wellness wing in the practice. I had a, thankfully, I had a thousand extra square feet of space that we could use. And we designed what we call the wellness wing. It has rooms that it's like a very spa-like setting. It's where we have our Novathor red light therapy bed. Uh, it's just a really special space. The, the interpersonal dynamics of relationship building happens there. Right. Long, long before we ever go into a dental setting. It has been the coolest thing to watch that just light a fire under people feeling connected to their oral health care providers. The thing that's most special is that these people can come out maybe two, three times and get everything managed. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was just seeing a gal the other week, I think two weeks ago, she had flown out from South Carolina and her husband admitted, he's like, I thought this was absolutely stupid. He's <laughs> like, but. My wife was convinced, and so we did it. She's now at the end of her, you know, uh, re- rejuvenation, for lack of a better term, and she's got her health back. She's gone from being like, I don't do anything in a given day, and I feel like I'm dying, to like she's out gardening, she has energy, she's living her life again, and the husband is the one that can't shut up about it. Really, he's, he's over the moon. Like he's like, it was worth every penny uh, and every bit of effort, and it and it took them two visits. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's just amazing. I love hearing that again, back to that, you know, experience-based medicine. And once you, yeah. uh, once you experience the truth in your body or even witness it in a loved one, it's, it, it alters your paradigm of thinking. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for everything that you shared uh, today. I think it's actually going to end up being broken up into two episodes, so <laughs> yeah. uh, which is great. Yeah. We'll probably yeah. have to have you back on again sometime and, oh, and love it. even go deeper. So, but um, I think this is all fantastic information, and I think our our listeners will get a lot out of it. A couple of things: if somebody is shopping for a more holistically minded dentist, how do they go about finding one? Sure, sure. I'll share a couple things because I think it's okay. important. The question I get specifically from people every day Uh is, where do I find somebody who's doing what you're doing? Yeah. You know, and unfortunately, like, fortunately and unfortunately, that's in Portland, Oregon, right? Yeah, right. What I'm sharing is a reflection of my own beliefs and feelings and thoughts. Nobody else's. I can't speak for anybody else. Yeah. That, That being said, you know, I have a lot of peers, colleagues, mentors, you know, practicing well throughout the world, really. Some of the groups that people can look into would be the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. Okay. It's I-A-O-M-T uh, dot org. Okay. Um, there's also the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine, the I-A-B-D-M dot org. Okay. And then there's the Holistic Dental Association. So most dentists who are starting to, or maybe have been thinking along the same lines or similar lines to what I'm talking about are members of one, if not like me, I'm a member of all of those groups. Okay. And they have on their websites, you know, where, who's, who's close to me. The thing I would suggest is, you know, do your due diligence, call Mm -hmm. up the practices, Find out, you know, what's your, st- I like these kinds of questions, right? Because you're, you're testing thoughtfulness. Yeah. What's your stance on root canals? If they say something like, oh, you know, we, we think root canals are horrible. We should all take them out. That's dogmatic. Right. You know, like that wouldn't resonate with me. Um, I think like, are there downsides to it? Yeah. Let's talk about what those are and why. And you can make a decision for yourself. Yeah. 
So, you know, intentionality and thoughtfulness is very different from dogma, as we've yeah. acknowledged. So those are good places to look. Uh, we do have a lot of people reach out to us and ask through our Instagram, which sometimes we know somebody close, sometimes we don't. I have had the instance where I've made recommendations, you know, like, well, I know so-and-so here and so-and-so there. And yeah. people will go to see them. They're like, they're not at all like you. And I'm like, well, no, <laughs> no. I mean, you know, I'm a one human being. And if, again, if you like my energy, well, come see me. If you, yeah. if you want something different, search that out for yourself. Cause it's, there, there will be value to it. Right. Right. Um, and it's a journey. It's not, you know, uh, one size fixes all. Right. Yeah. So anyways, those are things. If people want to follow me on Instagram, please do, by the way, I would love it if you would share with every human being, you know, so that we can get this information out to people. Absolutely. Uh, help inform the world. It's at Blodgett Dental Care. Okay. Uh, that's where I do most of my stuff. And we have a ton of videos on our uh, YouTube channel, Blodgett Dental Care. You can just look that up and Great. look at all the many videos I put together. And But mostly it's just storytelling. People who have regained their health. So yeah. Cool. All right. And a website too? Yeah, blodgettdentalcare.com. Dot com. Okay, awesome. Yep. I will also put those in the show notes as well. But yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank I think you. that, you know, I personally enjoyed it, but I think that our listeners will get a lot out of it too. Well, thank you, Jen. I really appreciate the opportunity and I hope to connect with you again. Absolutely. Thanks so much. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. Any statements and views expressed by myself or my guests are not medical advice. The opinions of guests are their own and the Body Literacy Podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. If you have a medical problem, please consult a qualified and competent medical professional. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Body Literacy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and sign up for updates over at genmayo.com. 